With respect to a customer acceptance or user acceptance rate for connected vehicle uh, technology itself, it is declining still in these stats. The reason behind that is the customer are not fully confident about this technology to disclose their personal information. So with respect to privacy, we are going to see more of the regulations uh, or the acts coming out um, and the auto sector has to uh, be compliant with it as soon as they can. But overarching idea is to have the privacy, security and safety balanced uh, for these uh, CAV technologies in future. Welcome to the Reimagining Cyber Podcast, where we share short and to the point perspectives on the cyber landscape. It's all about engaging yet casual conversations on what organizations are doing to reimagine their cyber programs while ensuring their business objectives are top priority. With my co-host, Stan Wisseman, Head of Security Strategist, I'm Rob Borrego, Chief Security Strategist, and this is Reimagining Cyber. So Stan, who do we have joining us for this episode? Rob, our guest today is Dr. Iksha Sani, Assistant Professor at the University of Windsor. Her research focuses on connected and autonomous vehicles, covering the security and privacy of vehicle to everything, or V2X, and in-vehicle security. She's published many research papers, including V2X privacy schemes and engineering privacy attacks for equitable assessment. Thanks for taking the time to speak with us today, Ikjot. Can you expand on your background for our audience, please? Yeah, thank you so much for having me here. Um, Yes, I worked with my V2X expertise in, um, I think, for seven years now. And uh, that was something that got me interested because it was tangible. It uh, impacts people. And then you can work with something cool, which is security. Now I'm wearing few hats, which is um, along with being a professor, uh, assistant professor at University of Windsor, I'm also the academic uh, director for um, Auto Security Research Group. And the, another hat that I wear is the academic chair for Women in uh, Cybersecurity Professional Affiliate for Ontario. Um, and the role there is to bring women uh, in the cybersecurity from different uh, academic institutions. We, we want to build more student organization surrounding on the focus of the women in cybersecurity. And then since uh, the and uh, this is the topic of Internet of Vehicles, which is a subset of the Internet of Things, which got me uh, to uh, one of the, um, I'm one of the stream owners uh, with that aggregate intellect, and they focus mainly on the AI um, solutions and uh, discussions. And uh, I am the stream owner, therefore IoT and Ed security. So we want to really work on the um, discussions and so that we can cultivate a culture for around these specializations. And since autonomous vehicles are going to be part of uh, this whole ecosystem with the uh, higher level of autonomy. So that's another hat that I fear. Well, one of the things I know is in, in January, the University of Windsor uh, announced that it will host the SHIELD Automotive Cybersecurity Center of Excellence. And it will aim to you know, support the development of skills, innovation and policy that address hardware and software vulnerabilities in connected and autonomous vehicles. And as the co-founder of SHIELD, can you expand on the purpose of the Center of Excellence and also what served as your motivation to create it? One person cannot build the ecosystem and cannot bring, bring the entire community together. So you need more people to work on these solutions and even to build the network and knowledge transfer um, uh, channels. So doing it in a way which is more methodical and for Canadian specific solutions, if you want to have an ecosystem within Canada, 
we wanted to have a discussion going on. Uh, and th- that's actually what we did. Uh, we, along with, I'm the co-founder, Dr. Mitra Mirhasani uh, from Department of uh, Electrical and uh, Computer Engineering uh, at University of Windsor. She's also the co-founder. So she um, and I had the same sort of motivation, but her work was on the hardware security. And I was working in more uh, of the internet of things and connected vehicle security space. So we had different types of understanding, but we, when we talked to the domain uh, people in the auto sector, they would have uh, no clarity between the, or differentiation between the IT versus OT security and auto security. So that got us into discussions for two to, around two to three years. And uh, that was kind of a motivation behind this because there was, there was a, need for having concrete idea about auto security, which is separate from IT and OT security. And we wanted to make it very clear that we need to pay attention on this ecosystem, which is going to impact this new uh, cyber landscape. That's how I call it, a new uh, cyber space uh, for auto auto, uh, sector. And you should not try to overlap it with what is existing threats in the internet we are seeing. So we need to come up with new solutions, new mindset to solve these issues uh, or threats or risks. And that was the motivation. And that's how we started bringing partners together through uh, APMA, which is Auto Parts Manufacturing uh, Association. So the partners started to discuss, has started a committee and there was a discussion going on. And there are people who would come from the sector itself who are building these manufacturing parts, there's a supply chain involvement. You also want to address the industry 4.0 issues. And because all of these um, components or aspects are part of the big ecosystem, and then you would be able to see, okay, there are so many blind spots if you're just working in silos. So you need to break them and then work them uh, collectively. Have you been able to get the cooperation and the interest, for example, of the automatic manufacturers to participate um, or to, to consume what you're producing? You have to like test the waters first, where everybody stands and what's happening, how the market is understanding. And especially if you are talking, it is the sector for auto, um, the suppliers and tier one, tier two, and the guys who are function like putting them together and assembling. And there's a whole ecosystem uh, with the auto sector. So are they ready to understand what we are trying to say for security? So are there certain uh, guidelines which, which are at C-level or C, C-suite level? They, do they have such uh, uh, prerequisites to even understand what security is and do they need to implement such protocols within their system today? And you don't find anything. And there's a recent survey with KPMG and APMA did that. And throughout that survey, you would be able to see very clearly that the understanding on the responsibility of the security threats or if there is a attack, security attack, it, the responsibility is always, or the finger is always pointed to the IT guys uh, or the IT department, which is exactly the issue. Because if you start seeing all the issues, only the responsibility is not for the um, IT or operational um, sites, but also for the people. And within those intrinsic processes, are you paying enough attention what's happening? And are you having safeguards around around all of those uh, as well? And when I start thinking about the electric vehicles and the autonomous vehicles, it's making the decisions based on the data and who is feeding the data and how are you creating these algorithms? So if you think a little bit futuristic and 
then you start seeing more problems. If they are not redressed today, when we are not having that kind of autonomy, then I think it's it's a huge gap that we would have and we would never be able to fill that up. Um, you mentioned the tier one and tier two uh, suppliers, right? And, and, and let's face it, supply chain risk has been heightened by solar winds in general, right? But if you think about just the dependency that these auto manufacturers have on, on you know, all these different components that make up a vehicle and the potential risks that some of those components could introduce into these vehicles and this now an information security platform. And then you talk about the long lead time to actually get these vehicles to market and the potential embedded risks that could be in those vehicles as they are in design. Um, you know, how, how do you mitigate effectively that supply chain risk as well as be able to pivot if you discover something late in that life cycle of, of, of ultimately the vehicle deployment. Yeah, you just mentioned what I always worry about as well, the life cycle issue. Um, and also the lifetime of a vehicle is longer uh, than other devices that we use. Um, mm-hmm. And they don't have the safety critical issues to deal with like the laptop or the other devices we use. I think the supply chain overall, what I think you had many points that I need to cover. Few of those, I think, um, if I have to think um, and tell in one way that the international harmonization of the regulations must happen. And finally, we started to see some of those happening with WP.29 regulations that started happening. And since you mentioned the electronic components, uh, I would say, the specific compliance is required for those components. And that is also coming up as the standards with ISO 21434. And when we see these coming out now, I just want to take an analogy with the, since we're talking about auto sector, it's about safety. If you want to make a good vehicle, you also need to have the safety compliance. And that's how the your grading increase or decrease, right? Based on how safe your vehicle is. It's going to be same thing because security is going to be your next safety uh, or new kind of safety. So there is going to be a lot of compliance required, but for those compliance, you now need more than ever, more regulations. And now it depends on it. Is it going to be more self-regulated or is it going to be what kind of industry it's going to be like? I'm not sure. Um, we are not in the place to answer that, but we are still seeing a lot of international harmonization efforts happening uh, around the world. And I think right now we are having 60 countries or 60 plus countries for WP29. And it's still in the European side and not in North America. Um, and as soon as we will see the rolling out and um, most of the countries start uh, having uh, compliance with those regulations, we will see a, a chain of trust because with the solar winds that you mentioned, I think that that chain of trust was broken. Um, and you just need to build it from the scratch when you're building this entire sector or new landscape. I always think in terms of internet and internet threats because that was my background, network security. But then I think about the electric vehicles and the line of codes and then software development happening for those electric components uh, and the embedded system. I see a complete realm, a new realm of uh, security threats because you have never thought of um, testing a little piece of code when you're like writing it and now you need it. 
And it, it's more so ever required because now this little component can turn all the little uh, other security threats on because you were not uh, making sure it in the beginning in the design and development phase rather than you were testing it later on. And that gap uh, or the evaluation time or the development time will, will be having a lot of effect. And the another thing that I'm hearing nowadays, uh, it's not from my uh, expertise, but the, in the autonomous vehicle uh, experiments, they have analyzed that there, there are problems with the auto-grade uh, software development for autonomous vehicle that we are seeing um, because some of uh, the components are in the supply chain are not, uh, they might be counterfeit as well. So now you're dealing with a different kind of a problem, right? So that's why it becomes so much essential and man kind of a mandatory and a compliance-based or the regulations around the supply chain. Uh, more software, uh, needs more of the compliance and also some changes required in the life cycle of uh, the software development for these. When you look at some of the different um, auto manufacturers that are, you know, starting to really truly pay attention and realize how important this area of security is, um, are they coming at it from that level of, you know, the way they kind of compete when it comes to the safety of their vehicles and understand that this is kind of a new area they have to encompass and add on top of that, the issue of privacy, right? With the connected vehicle, a type of actual information that's contained with that, that uh, vehicle relative to you as the consumer. So are they looking at kind of expanding that scope of safety to encompass the privacy and security from what you're hearing out there? I would, want, I would say one thing. Um, if they won't consider privacy today, um, they will lose their customer base. Because uh, with respect to a customer acceptance or user acceptance rate for connected vehicle uh, technology itself, it is declining still in these stats. Um, the reason behind that is the customer are not fully confident about this technology to disclose their personal information. So with respect to privacy, we are going to see more of the regulations uh, or the acts coming out um, and the auto sector has to uh, be compliant with it as soon as they can. But overarching idea is to have the privacy, security, and safety balanced uh, for these uh, CAV technologies in future. So right now, the focus is more on security. Try to handle and de-risk as much as you can in this entire ecosystem. Um, and the first thing to do for that is to have, first of all, identify all sorts of potential threats. The legacy systems are going to make it worse uh, because uh, we are seeing more of the new ventures coming out and they are working on the new concepts. And I think most of the time it's Tesla, which is um, used as a key example uh, for electric vehicles or new kind of a futuristic vehicles. There are so many more. Uh, but what I see, the key difference is if you want to build something new um, and you would not have some of the problems which we have had in the legacy systems. And why I'm picking on this, because that's what happens in the technology itself. When you are trying to patch, you keep adding band-aids uh, individually. But when you come up with a completely new um, um, idea, you can start working with a completely new methodology. And you don't have to now put the bandages. You already had the bubble wrap around it, so you can work uh, carefully. And I think that actually resonates with some of the things that we have in the context of building and resilience. You know, you need to be able to anticipate and withstand attacks. And part of that is you have to build it in and into the design. You have to be thinking of that threat space, that threat modeling, 
has to be considered as you're building into the system. Now, let's think about this, some of the realities we're already seeing as far as the vulnerabilities being exploited. We have the classic example that Wired did with the security researchers, and they showed how the Jeep Cherokee can be taken over. We have um, more recent examples. I'm worried specifically about these mobile keys, uh, you, know, you know, keyless entry with the mobile phones, right? And those apps. And I was like, ah, knowing how insecure mobile applications are, I'm really not really comfortable with having the, you know, the ability to open up anybody's car with that, with application. And then you have these info systems, right? That are, you know, enabling Apple and um, Android apps to run on them and introducing potentially malware. We're already having challenges with those apps, much less thinking about it on this, you know, connected vehicle or autonomous vehicle, right? Granted, building security in from design is the way to start. But even in those situations, you'll run into situations where you have vulnerabilities yet to deal with. What do you think is the the right way of handling that? So, one thing I just want to mention, uh, security by design and privacy by designs are really good to deploy right now at this point uh, for the upcoming or emerging technologies so that we don't face the issues uh, or the challenges that we have seen previously in past two decades, let's and say. And I agree, yes. And then again, the problem uh, that you mentioned, okay, we build the security by, secure by design and privacy by design principles for the new new ones, but then you, then you want to incorporate because it's V2X all the vehicles are going to connect with the nearby infrastructure, nearby homes, nearby, I don't know, everything. It is actually everything. Retail outlets, everything, right? <laughs> yeah. So, at, um, and the simple uh, form of uh, this intervehicular communication issue is it is the internet. So the primary question should be, have we solved everything, all the security issues in the internet that we are now thinking about putting internet in little, little things uh, around us? And then also with these safety critical uh, objects like a vehicle. That means we are gonna sit in it and then we want it secure because we want to be safe. And that makes it a little bit scary too. Um, but the thing is, as soon as you connect your vehicle with, uh, for the convenience, you would choose to connect it with the parking uh, meter maybe, or uh, with the toll system, or maybe it's mandated in future. But then, then you actually should think about um, if it's sharing information, then based on information also, there, there are a lot of data breaches. There's a whole um, idea of the information security as soon as you connect with the internet, but there is, when you connect your vehicle with the internet, I think the it becomes more critical because the information is also coming to the vehicle, which was not the case earlier. So as soon as it enters your vehicle, is it making any changes in your current operations within the vehicle, which is in vehicle security? And how does that impact? And the example that you have taken for Jeep Cherokee, that was the simple example with the infotainment system, where it was limited with the kind of radios it uses. And you mentioned key fob using that. Um, and that brings the another issue of encryption, the kind of encryption that you're using um, and the radios you're using. So these issues, I think, um, are encompassing a very large landscape. And we, if and how we are seeing it, the simple uh, way to envision the problem of security with the vehicles is as soon as you connect it with internet, you now allow the information to, to be fed into the vehicle. 
and it's going throughout the internal ethernet that it has or the internal network of the vehicle now it can manipulate change you know the malware or the other um threats which what can uh, be done within the internet itself now think about the internal network of a vehicle uh, the vehicle on the highway or the road what it's going to do we don't know it's you cannot even anticipate what's going to happen now ikjat one of the things i'd like to pivot towards is and you introduced it to us kind of a, another passion of yours right is um, women in cyber uh, and women in tech in general. That's something that you've been very passionate about. You've done some great things there at the university and elsewhere. Can you take a minute to share what you've actually gone and focused in to help in a very short time, by the way, and some of the accomplishments? I started the first Canadian student chapter of Women in Cybersecurity. As a female, I can just uh, second any anybody who is saying that females need to have a um, sense of community we seek that and in security i even experienced that uh, lack of community or the lack of sense of that community um and that was the uh, reason that i started the first canadian student chapter uh, at university of windsor i actually was fortunate to announce it in a way and bring people together to make them passionate to make them see the things about cyber you don't have to be in cyber you can start in cyber i think it just gave the sense to all the female students uh, in computer science and engineering that yes this is something we belong and we can talk we can learn well ikjat thank you very much for sharing your passion on multiple fronts uh, but especially i think we're just at the infancy right uh, as it relates to the connected vehicle and where we're going from here and just the things that people aren't even considering at this point in time that you're bringing up to the to the foreground the work that you're doing with shield i think will help hopefully alleviate a lot of that and get people to, to realize what else has to be thought about. And also your women in cyber, you know, focus and push and, and getting people to really be more motivated and build a passion for cybersecurity as a whole. So again, we really appreciate having you on today and hopefully we can speak with you again in the future. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, John. Thanks for listening to the Reimagining Cyber Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you would like to have us cover a specific topic of interest, feel free to reach out to us and you can find out how in the show notes. And don't forget to subscribe. This podcast was brought to you by CyberRes, a micro-focused line of business, where our mission is to deliver cyber resilience by engaging people, process, and technology to protect, detect, and evolve.